All right. So we are uh, ready to start here. Are you there, Venerable? Yes, I am. Yay, wonderful. I'm so excited for our class with you this evening and learning about the year of the wind horse. So I am just welcoming everybody who's coming in and getting to hear Venerable for the very first time and turning it over to you, dear Venerable. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for making the opportunity for so many of us to meet through the ethers and communicate via the electrons of uh, the telecommunication age. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, uh, I invite you to write down any questions you may have. Uh, The language and the concepts may be new to you or they may be deeply familiar within your heart. May the wisdom potential within each and every one of us present on this call and those who will listen or read later, may that wisdom potential be revealed and come forward as ever more skillful activity benefiting our families, clans, nations, beings in this and all worlds. Let us recognize that we have arisen from one light and may that remembrance reveal ever more joy and harmony within our lives. So, we are starseeds. We are born of the energy of the first light, first song. Universes arising from empty space came forth light and sound, and the echoes of that light and sound are the very atoms that move within each of us. Is there consciousness within these atoms? Certainly there is mind. Mind is a field, a river that we all flow within, and the mind's potential is hidden within each of us. As a spiritual teacher, spiritual friend, I point the way because the wisdom is inside you. I give you reminders, a road map that you may re-enter the heart wisdom that is your natural state. So how do we acknowledge that we are starseeds? Just consider how as we receive air and the breath of the trees and drink the sweet waters that have come from the vastness of space via comets and have become the seas. In that way, it is clear that we are connected to one another. Sweet water flowing from here to there, arising from the earth as mist, coming down as rain, abundance and joy, and when there is drought, an indication that we are not looking well to the heart of our relationship with one another. Through the resonance of our hearts with the heartbeat of the earth and sky, our emotions are 
impacted by the weather, and we also have an impact upon the weather. So we've, many of us, I'm sure, have heard stories about uh, rainmakers, people who, with their prayerful action, awaken sacred springs and bring the sweet rains of remembrance back to the earth. And few of us think about what causes the water to recede. We may think it is just about youth or mismanagement, and it is also about our consciousness. When we withhold love, when we think that another's life is less valuable than our own, the waters begin to recede. The winds change their flow. There is a connection to our words, our emotions, with the environment. And how do I know? Because I know that when prayers are made in a certain way, springs are reawakened, and water can and does return to the streams, to the parched land. What is the parched land? It's an expression of humans' uncertainty. Perhaps the selfishness of the I believing that I exist alone and have no responsibility or relationship with others. When we have that selfish view to think that perhaps others deserve less or we don't deserve whatever is the illusion that is projected by the ego, it actually becomes a drought, a starving one, because we wish to connect with the heart of wisdom that is within us. So, weather, winds, they are also like the dynamic dance of energy within our own bodies. When we're happy, we have energy, we have ability to see clearly when we are not so happy, when we think we didn't get what we thought we wanted, uh, then body-mind also can feel heavy. So what is the antidote? The antidote is to understand our mind to understand what are the, the patterns and the thought forms, the belief systems that we've constructed. And upon examining them, seeing those which are not supportive of wisdom and seeing those which are supportive of wisdom and making a choice about what we choose to energize. Initially, it may appear difficult. I'd like to read to you a few words written uh, from the opening to our primordial nature by Kenshin Palvin Shayrab and Kenpo Sewong Danyal. And it was published by Snow Lion Publications in the year 
2006 second edition. The, in, the primordial nature of the mind is filled with inherent qualities of bliss, compassion, and wisdom. Our natural state is peaceful and fresh. To bring out these inner qualities, Buddha Shakyamuni taught the three techniques of discipline, concentration, and wisdom. And now I shall paraphrase so that you can consider the meaning in your life. Discipline is not about following orders. It is about uncovering our true nature to examine our body, mind, speech, and action. To do this, discipline is required. First, we clean up like a gardener. We clean up the dust that is floating upon this pristine wisdom potential that flows through each of us. So what is there to clean? Oh, doubt, fear. You may not think there is anything to clean. And just allow the chatter to float away. It takes discipline for the mind's chatter to be stilled that you may more clearly recognize the stream of wisdom that flows within you. So how do you still the chatter? First, you focus on your breath. Then, observing the breath, oh, mind has gone somewhere, chatter may arise, let me return again to full inhalation and exhalation and observe the cycle of the breath and the sweet winds that move through me, enabling me to explore the potential of life here on earth and having appreciation for this. And like a gardener, we also prepare the ground. So by clearing the ground, what is it that we clear? We clear away outdated views. Some of the belief systems that we may have had from the past, and we observe the arising clear perception of what is happening now. In many ways, we can consider the world a hologram, a projection of many people's thoughts. And we've made agreements to see the world in certain ways. And a few, like explorers, decide to push the boundaries of belief and dive deeply into the well of wisdom. And through resonance, many others have begun to awaken. So the willingness to pacify the chatter of your mind and to purify that chatter, what does it mean to purify initially to let it become quiet even for only a second? Then noticing what that chatter says, 
and replacing it with the ideal that you aspire to manifest within your life. How precious it is, the gift of life, and the fact that you're here means that you've merit, you have the great merit to accomplish the birth of a human body and the mind that in question. One moment. A sip of sweet water. It freshens the palate. It also reminds me as I sip this water is medicine. It lubricates, it sustains life, and it's also symbolic of the deep pristine wisdom, the well of wisdom that is within each of us. Sweet water, in a moment, in every moment, we are reborn when we make the commitment to express kindness, to speak truthfully, and to live as a kind human being. So what is unkind, often it is the cause of our suffering. It may be looking at another person as they are less or having uh, anger, jealousy, or the, the human foibles. They are part of the dance. And when one believes they are real, one gets caught in a cycle of confusion. So sweet waters, pristine awareness, in each moment, the water can take us to the shore that is free from illusion. When we let go of belief of them and us and consider that the seed of wisdom that has been expressed by other wise beings, that very same wisdom potential is within our own heart. Just as we plan to have a good day to accomplish particular objectives in our lives, it is also important to plan and define what we are here to do in this life. So discipline, it is not just I'm exercising to accomplish something, or I'm uh, following orders. Discipline is actually the willingness and the courage to observe what arises in one's mind and ultimately see its transparency. So discipline is like learning to run. In the physical sense, we can understand that in the awakening heart, discipline is the courage to observe the patterns, the potentials, 
without adding to them or taking from them, just to see the emotions that were once hidden by busyness, to watch them like clouds moving across the sky. So as discipline is developed, then we want to develop concentration. Concentration, that we are not distracted by appearances of this or that. Concentration on observing the pulse beat of wisdom within our own hearts. Listening inwardly, developing the mind of discernment. Observing the belief systems that we've all accepted and seeing their transparency as we like a new plant growing, reaching for the light as it bursts through the shell and then the soil, the human family is also growing. So concentration on the ideal of yourself as an awakened, loving being, your family, clan, nation, all beings becoming, realizing that we are awakened beings. So by having the thought, it is like a tuning fork, and this has been shown in many experiments, that when people are of like mind make a commitment to meditate on transforming a sense of aggression, then in their local area, what was once a, a roughness becomes more a neighborly sense of communication. Concentration. How do you train your mind to concentrate? A simple way is to light a candle. Radio off, TV off, no distraction. You're seated, the candle is in a glass, and you sit spine erect, tongue at the roof of the mouth, and you breathe deeply, just giving thanks for the gift of life and all those who've gone on before, the atoms that began during the Big Bang, which are now part of you, giving thanks for all that is, then sit quietly and watch the flames. When the flame flickers, still your mind again and observe how the flame becomes still. Recognize the interrelationship of our thought with the environment. The fire of the candle is similar to the fire of our neurons in that information, transformation, occur. 
concentration. It is related to our discursive thoughts. So we develop good concentration so we are not on just the surface of our mind. We develop concentration like a deep-sea swimmer that we can dive deeply into the well of our thoughts. And soon there's a sense of ease, a sense of, ah, no thought. All things become quiet. Ah, tasting the quiet of the natural state. When you find yourself caught in a loop uh, where the same thought is repeating itself and might be an old song, what's its message? It's a memory. It's a thought. Allow it to unwind and sense more clearly the source of all songs and that it is within your own heart. Can you for a moment quiet your thoughts? This is an example of discipline. Even when you think you are sleeping, your mind is still dreaming, running about doing this or that. And like the wind blowing a flag in the air, your mind also directs your speech to say various things. Some nice, some not so nice. So what we are committing to is observing our minds, disciplining our speech, body, action, and concentrating rather than thoughts running everywhere settling in first concentrating on the breath then a meditation concentrating on the candle ultimately recognizing ah there is understanding energy wisdom energy within me, within each of us. So, to truly discipline your mind, you become your own teacher. I can point the way, I can share meditation tips, I can draw you a road map, and ultimately it is you who climbs the mountain and finds the cave. That cave is within the double helix within your heart, spiraling magnetic energy, a resonance chamber that pulsates with the wisdom of the universe. We ourselves are 
bubbles arising from the field of one mind. And we are explorers looking at potential. And at one point we said, as we learned, we would return that information to the field. Alas, too many began to think that the experience of form was all there is. And so like a shell, concepts wrapped around the body-mind, and many forgot. Now it pulses in our hearts to remember, to remember. And so the human family is moving on a wave, a wave of awakening, understanding, in this moment, every moment is occurring. What a wonderful time. How precious it is, the human body, the vehicle of exploration. And it has not been separate from the essence of wisdom, just as the atoms within us have lived for billions of years, or how shall I say, they've been recycled for billions of years. Just as the elements of the Big Bang, the first light sound, move within each of us, so too is hidden and nakedly present our wisdom potential. So, be your own teacher. If you think of discipline, uh, often people think it's an outside force. Oh boy, uh, the people will only behave if there's uh, this kind of policeman. Then they behave. It doesn't do any good people still misbehave, the real discipline is transforming our emotions to observe and reveal the loving, kind wisdom potential within. It takes courage, and you have courage. You've decided to step away from your ordinary view to explore these things, so you have courage to understand that you are disciplining your mind so that the, the web of confused thoughts, projected thoughts arising from ego grasping, that you may see the hollowness of those threads and recall your natural wisdom. Concentration. First we say, in the morning I will meditate, in the evening I will meditate, and over time, meditation becomes non-stop. So, these words I share with you, they are a reminder of what you already know. 
you are unwrapping something wonderful. It may appear like an onion. So take off the rings. And as you come to the heart of the matter, it is revealed natural wisdom space. So every moment we are developing more wisdom, more skill, and uh, this is discipline. Should there arise a moment of forgetfulness, I again remember that I'm on a path, I'm on a road, a road that leads me to the heart's awareness. And while I may visualize I'm going somewhere and that it, there is some place to go, aha, that wisdom, that cave of understanding is within my own heart. How wonderful. So every day, in every moment, we observe our own mind. Ha! Huh. Speaking this way, responding that way, that response is actually my grandfather's response or my grandmother's response or maybe it's my best friend's response. Taking note of that, peeling it away, seeing more clearly what is your mind, emotion, and the wrappers you've chosen, the cloaks you've chosen to wear. It's pretty wonderful to have the gift of a human body. It is actually quite miraculous that the energy that once was uh, part or expressed through great nebulae, great galaxies, that that energy flows within each of us is remarkable. And we think of a beautifully played harp, and we hear the overtones. Those overtones, they connect us to myriad realms. So in this moment, you are not separate from your awakened nature. Your attention now is on exploring the realm of matter, perhaps, understanding the binding of emotions to see them unbound, like a lotus opening, unwrapped, a great present revealed the natural luminosity of our hearts. So let us contemplate these words for a moment.
that fear with words. wonderful and precious the human gift of life star beings spiraling down rejoicing a song like a rainbow Taurus ring ongoing communication. This moment not separate from wisdom moments. So this concludes the initial uh, lecture, talk, discourse, and now, I invite you to ask any questions that you wish. All right. So, wow, I'm just so grateful and letting everyone know that if you're on the phone, if you press star 2 to raise your hand, if you have a question for Venerable. And, of course, you can also type in a question if you're listening online. I know we have many people listening online. So we have somebody raising their hand here. And uh, it doesn't give me any indication of where the person is calling from, so... I know you know who you are. Go ahead. Hello? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hello. 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 Um, Jennifer, thank you so much for extending um this wonderful call. I um uh it's Mary from San Diego and I just um have been in such deep peace just just listening to the words and the sound of your sweet voice and oh it's just heavenly and i uh, <clears throat> i joined masterful living for the first time i don't want to take up too much time but i just wonder um i've been an rn for 35 years and i feel like i've studied course in miracles since 2005 and many great masters and you know, since the 80s, and I have some health challenges, and I just, um, I just, you know, I know that they're my challenges, and, you know, that I'm working and with my body, and 
um, it just seems like I'm missing something. And, you know, I've been doing all the exercises with Jennifer and one through six with uh, Masterful Living and taking it very serious. I mean, I've been, you know, she's been my teacher since about March, and I've just, you know, I've learned so much and grown so much that, but still I just, um, I don't know how to express it. I mean, I know my body's healing, and I'm grateful and I'm giving thanks in everything and um, working on forgiveness. I just wonder if there's something out there that you might be able to sense that might be helpful for me. I mean, everything you said. I, I... Uh, yes, I I have a, a some a, a quick thought. Um, Please. When you return from work, do you take off your work clothing and take a shower immediately? Well, I've been, um, I had to uh, have a medical disability for in 2008 because I could not no longer work as a function as a nurse. So um, when I did get off work, I did come home from work and first thing I did get in the shower. Absolutely. Okay. I I think there is great compassion in you and this is just a grandma's feeling that you are thinking about other people's suffering and I invite you to to know that they shall be well and what they need will be made manifest and that your attention is to be on recognizing the wellness within you. Um, it sense, I sense more energy going out than is than you are accepting. Yes. I'm uh, just... The universe appreciates your the incredible compassion and the development of the skills to have been a nurse for 35 years. And uh, now you want to receive the blessings of the kindness you shared with others and, and to accept the kind thoughts that come to you. And so there is a simple exercise I invite you to test that you are uh, sitting within an octagon of rainbow colored light and there are seven stars above your head and they are like a fountain and they are overflowing with rainbow light and it's flowing through you and acknowledging your generosity over time and reminding you to accept the gifts that are offered and to accept the light as it moves through you and feel that weariness is washed away and that your vitality is energized. Our DNA is like a cosmic internet 
And so what we say about our bodies and what we say about ourselves, that's information that we are giving to our uh, body-mind to express. And so I invite you as a assist to your uh, renewing and energizing process uh, that you accept that you have shared with many and accept the appreciation that flows through you and to you and to hold it so you are a vase that is being refilled and any cracks by overworking even they are healed so that I suggest as a powerful visualization for you to practice in addition to the things you are already doing with Jennifer. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Mary. Thank you. I'm going to mute you out now and... uh, you know, Venerable, I don't think I've ever heard you mention that particular practice. It feels like something all of us can practice. It's true. It is something we can all practice. And the truth is I remember things when people have a need for them. You <laughs> know, <laughs> it's like a pantry. Okay, I think these things, are. we'll, we'll put them here in case someone comes and needs them. <laughs> and in the sense, um, there's information in the field of mind and things that have been studied, and when they're called for, they make themselves apparent. And it is true, each human being has direct access to energy of renewal and uh, to understand that we are in a Reciprocal relationship with the universe uh, is very uh, important. And so one way to recognize that understanding is to visualize that you're seated within an octagon of rainbow-colored light, and there are seven stars above your head, and it is actually a beautiful fountain, and it's the more we are thankful, the more the fountain overflows. So ah, I'm sitting in this place, I'm thankful I can be here. Uh, May the wisdom potential within myself and the ways in which I may express that wisdom beneficially be expressed. May any weariness, any appearance of weariness or dissonance, may it reveal its harmonic resolution. And then these cascading waves of rainbow grace, they flow down. And then what rises up is a complete circuit, is our appreciation. 
it feels so deeply restorative, and it also feels so simple that we could teach it to children. Oh, yes. Uh, actually, probably kids know it. <laughs> um, yes, it, it is very simple. And it's just knowing that we're in a field of continuous grace. Mm-hmm. And the the energy is expressed in our lives in the ways in which we uh, direct it or place our attention upon it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. We have uh, someone in Compton, California calling in. I'm going to unmute you. Go ahead. Hi, this is Christine. Is that me? That's you, Christine. Hello, Christine. Hi, Venerable. This is so rich. I'm so blessed and grateful. Thank you so much for being here tonight to be our teacher. So I have a technical question about crystals. A particular um, (laughs) thing that you mentioned a few years ago when you when you break your crystal, I have a crystal that broke. The bottom half is fine and the top half broke the two pieces. And you had mentioned repairing it by using some saliva, wetting it with saliva and then putting some gold and then putting the pieces together and it grows back together. Did I get that right? Yes, that can be done. When the crystal breaks, it is actually carrying away some something that might have been explosive in your um, life force environment. Uh, and so in, in some ways, the crystals actually, um, like Jupiter capturing the Levi-Schumann comet, which could have harmed Earth, the crystal also will uh, shatter in a field of potential dissonance that could be harmful to you. So the crystal was very kind. And uh, often you can repair uh, such crystals. And using uh, saliva, silver foil, or gold foil, and then placing the crystal on a copper plate. Okay, um, now with the gold, I thought I had that covered until I went to the art store where I get my gold paper, and it's not really gold. So how do I, where's the source? I kind of looked it online, Um, and it didn't have what I wanted. Yes, it is challenging these days to find gold leaf. It is um, more readily available silver leaf. Okay. So it is what is used for uh, repairing antiques or for uh, binding uh, books. So some suppliers to... um, Fancy printers have access to it. And actually, for some of our classes, uh, one community member found a source for real silver leaf. 
so um, you keep looking, and that person is out of town now, and Jennifer can remind me to get the uh, source for you. Well, I didn't know that Silver Leaf was a, was also fine, and and so I'll check that. Thank you so much, Venerable. Yes. You're welcome. Anyone else there? Well, we have um, open space on the line. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was muted out and I didn't know it. So we've got Ellen oh, okay. raising her hand here. Ellen? Hi, how are you? <laughs> um, venerable, this is the first time I'm hearing you, so it's it's fascinating. I can hear most of it. Um, I was interested in what you do is a thought, a judgment that, you know, a, a negative feeling thought comes through your mind. If it comes through your mind, and if so, you know, how do you view it? And, you know, do you just let it pass like a cloud? What do you do with it? I, I notice, oh, such... A thought form is appearing, and may it uh, reveal wisdom and skill. So, for example, um, I was in New York City recently, and um, people joke about Vermont shoe wear because we wear things for us stomping through the woods. Uh, and so I was walking on Central Park West, and uh, a young woman was looking at me, and then she looked at my boots, and, or, and her whole expression changed. <laughs> and I realized, oh, I am not dressed appropriately. And then I said, no, I'm dressed appropriately. That's her opinion. So we we take note of the thought form. Is it coming from someone else? Because it doesn't occur to me that my footwear is unfashionable until someone uh, projects the thought through intention or not. And so... Uh, it gave me the moment to consider, oh, is this inappropriate? Uh, no, it, they're comfortable, they work. Um, so that's a I thought see, form so, coming from... I see, so you're saying you, you see the thought is not coming from you, it's coming from them, and it's it, you didn't think it, so it's, it's theirs, and you don't have to take it on? Exactly, that's one. that's one thing. And then 
So then there are reactions that arise. So imagine somebody tries to, you're driving and you want to take an exit and someone prevents you from making that exit. So you can express anger towards that person and you correct that, oh, because whatever we're expressing towards another person, it is uh, also echoing back. Mm. So, oh, may they reach their destination safely. Then there are the thought forms that move through the atmosphere uh, that feed on uh, instilling certain responses in people so that the thought form, which has no existence, uh, can sustain its appearance of existence. So there may be a thought form of boogeyman in the closet. So fear seeks to uh, create fear. And often those uh, edies or thoughts you consider negative, they arise from some experience that may be from the past and a way of responding to the past that is uh, asking to be uh, revealed its liberation. So, for example, um, perhaps someone is afraid of thunder. Um, perhaps in the past, the thunder uh, turned off the power and there were cascading events that were not comfortable. So that would be uh, an echo that, in a sense, becomes a magnet for uh, perceiving each moment like it was in the past. Oh, and, and there are many thought forms that can cross our mind. And what is important is to know it is a thought form. Um, I choose not to energize it, or does it reveal something? So in the instance of walking through Manhattan with uh, Vermont clodhoppers, uh, for some places and situations, uh, it is easier for people to see, hear you uh, when there is the appearance of similarity. So then that opens a whole door to the illusion of like and the development of prejudice, like, don't like. So it's another level of working with uh, the ego's mind projections. So you can also uh, have the you also have the opportunity to analyze uh, and see the 
ultimate emptiness of that thought. It's not my thought. Mm, thank you so much. And I live in Manhattan. I think we've seen every, every, there's everything. So I'm surprised someone looks at you <laughs> strangely. But anyway, thank you. It's so helpful. <laughs> All right, we have a question written in here from Carla. She asks, if I'm feeling resistance, I have a sense to have compassion for myself. I try not to judge. When I am able to notice I am judging, I think she means, I ask for help forgiving myself. My resistance still persists. I take lots of small steps to not overwhelm myself, but my resistance persists. And I think the question is, is any direct... Well, resistance to what? Resistance to awakening? Resistance to realizing... uh, one's unity with uh, wisdom, with the mystery? Or is it the resistance of our comfort uh, not wanting to be uncomfortable? So which resistance, what kind is she talking about? Yeah, I will see if Carla tells us. Uh, my sense is that she's resisting having compassion for herself. Well, her cells are holding together in a remarkable dance because her her cells, her body, the atoms and the photons that make her up think that she's a pretty wonderful person and they like exploring with her. <laughs> so when there's this resistance, just remember, hey, there is all this going on within me and it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we can be confused about the distinction between judging and uh, recognizing uh, or discerning opportunities for deeper understanding. Mm -hmm. Like when you're a ballerina, to reach the point of the third pirouette, you can be very annoyed with yourself until you finally make that point. Um, and in a sense, your resistance becomes the uh, like a trampoline to, yes, I shall, I am accomplishing this. So there, there are many kinds of resistance. In either case, I, I think it's good to, uh, to jump on it like a trampoline. Carla's written in here that she says the resistance is to the inquiring within. To uh-huh. I guess to examine what's really going on. 
yeah, take small steps because mm-hmm. the human mind is very profound. And so familiarize yourself in in step by step way with the the energy that is within you. Thank because you. it it's not sustained by the concept of yourself. The wisdom is something that exists from beginningless time. No beginning, no end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is vast. It's like, do I swim in the pool or do I swim in the ocean? Mm. So you learn to swim in the pool first. Yes. We have several people raising their hands here, and so okay. we have someone. Uh, it doesn't indicate where they're calling from or anything, so I'm unmuting you. Hopefully, is this? That's Steven? you. This is Stephen. Hello, Venerable and Reverend. Hello, Stephen. Oh, such a loving, loving call. I love this. You know, I had two questions, and I. Th- and I think I think you might have answered both of them. One of them was, um, how does one find its divine path? And I think what you were saying was, you know, we are our own teacher. And as we dive into discipline and concentration, that will become clear. Yes. My other question, I think, is also uh, answered by your <laughs> your concentration and discipline. Is what is a shaman? And what I heard from you is that he's he's a deep diver. <laughs> yep, the well of a wisdom. Deep diver. <laughs> That's a very clear way to say it. Yes. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to what a shaman is? Well, traditionally the word shaman is used to describe uh, one who explores the nature of mind and observes nature around and recognizes oneself as not separate from nature. And the, the word, I believe, originated in Mongolia. Um, and uh, uh, anthropologists over time noticed that in various cultures around the world, the person, whether they're called a shaman, a medicine person, a priest or a priestess, basically goes through certain uh, stages that seem to um, circumvent the limits of one culture or geographical zone or um, that they seem to be universal in the arising of the wisdom that in uh, Mongolia would be described as a shaman or 
and other cultures another name. So uh, first, uh, the person has a connection with nature and uh, brushes with death. One comes close to the edge, either through, uh, generally there's some type of fever that occurs, uh, um, and then there are dreams that reveal uh, what is uh, your gift and how you are to express it. And very often, uh, there is loss of what is often considered the, the joy of the ordinary view. Um, then, in rebuilding that uh, persona, that is uh, uh, born into a family and a culture, then there is understanding of the wind, the elements, and uh, the, the means to invite those elements uh, to harmony in one's own body, mind, and environment and beyond and and uh, so uh, certain patterns are repeated say it might be uh, pouring water um, over hot stones and observing uh, prayerfully the movement of the steam. So one basically rebuilds a container for that um, vast consciousness. Um, and usually they remain a little different. Woohoo! <laughs> wow. Thank you. If people knew what it entailed, they would they would not want it. Yes. Because the shattering that most people feel is the first um, the first test. So earlier, I believe it was Carla. Uh, Gave the, she thought she's afraid to dive deep. Uh, the person who uh, hears the sound of those who cries beyond the horizon uh, basically shatters the concept of I, them, and us. And it is not comfortable.
and I would say um, there's also a certain point in terms of the Bodhisattva's training where all the cries, all the laughter of the past, present, and future is heard. Uh, concept of I uh, dissolves. So it does not, uh, it's not experienced as traumatically. Yeah. There is help along the way. Yes. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a... It's a um, splitting apart, letting go of the identity that we have with what is known and putting it back together with love. Um. I think that's that vase. When it is, uh, I don't know if it ever comes back together, the shattered ego. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is clear is the threads that connect every being. And it becomes more clear the importance of uh, service, kindness, uh, learning what you may to uh, ameliorate suffering. Yes. We talk about it as a medicine basket. You've been so beneficial. I'm so glad you're with us. We do have a, a wonderful roll on the wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. I'm going to mute you out. We've got a couple more people with raised hands. So we've got someone in Newark, New Jersey. I'm unmuting you right now. Go ahead. Hello, this is Evelyn. Hello, Evelyn. Thank you so much. Um, for speaking to our class tonight. Um, I just feel like my whole spirit is just touched by what you've been sharing. So my question is, I have a teenage daughter who is incredibly smart and incredibly rebellious. (laughs) And I'm struggling with being the best parent for her. And I was very, very depressed during my pregnancy with her and throughout her life, her 15 short years, it's been very, very tumultuous. And I just wonder if you have any guidance. 
Yes, most importantly, loving each other. <coughs> I'm going to sip water one minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifteen, she still needs guidance and wants mm-hmm. it. And uh, the depression of the past is just that. In this moment, you nurture the ways in which you both can experience joy. Mm-hmm. Honor the accomplishments. Most importantly, honor the accomplishments and uh, look for joy markers. Bring attention away from um, what might have been, could have been, should have been, and just, ah, this was wonderful. Oh, I, I get that. Um, because they do see the world totally in a new way. Mm-hmm. Every ten years, it's like a new race of human is born. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's how um, different the view is, unless they, uh, unless they invite you to uh, participate. It's like. Um, There is a unspoken communication that's going on, and you want to uh, invite her to share it with you. She may think you're silly at first, mm-hmm. and you say, well, I f- I'm, "I'm I'm thinking about these things," and to take yourselves out of the ordinary situation. No homework, not not even being at home. Mm. To go somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, something totally extraordinary that you two may share together. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I I appreciate you taking the time to answer my question. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes, that was wonderful. And we have Ann Lucas raising her hand here. Go ahead, Ann. Hello, Venerable. Hi, Jennifer. Um, uh, You've already answered my question with great blessings. (laughs) I have uh, incredible gratitude, and I can only say that in my darkest days with the great struggles with my daughter's illness. Um, she is now healthy and radiant and um, and my very dearest and closest companion. So my heart goes out to all the mothers yes. who have struggled. Um, but as you said, um, you know, hopefully with the right love and opportunities to grow that divine spirit in them, the higher power that guides them, can blossom and save them, even from the darkness. So, um, thank you. you. You are truly one who tests and applies, and you bring good results through your recognizing the wisdom, luminosity, Thank you, Venerable. 
While we have you, would you be willing to, uh, when we're complete here, which I think will be in just a moment, would you be willing to lead us in the long life prayer? Yes, of course. Oh, wonderful. So I'm going to leave you unmuted right now, Anne, and uh, I think that that is the last uh, raised hand, Venerable. Well, uh, I have enjoyed meeting the new circle of friends that are studying with you, Reverend Jennifer, and I pray that the wisdom potential within each and every one flourishes and grows and becomes ever more skillful activity for the benefit of beings in this and all worlds. I dedicate our time together that each one realizes their natural wisdom state. Thank you, Venerable. And Anne? Okay. Emanation of rainbow light, Dharma wisdom three fires bright, guide upon the beauty road calling all to see, crystal reflection, Boundless compassion, caller of four winds, wise grandparents, seven sisters. May your mission be accomplished. May we assist you in the light. May you receive many blessings and live a long, good life. We thank you to Honey Oahu, gift to the people, great mystery, great lady of the Buddha families who holds the secret Vajrayana in the lotus grove of the teachings of the practice lineage. You are the glory of the Buddha's teachings and of sentient beings, blessed of the Vajradakini. May your life, Dahani Oahu, ever remain firm and long. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you. See you in the light. In the light.